1: It's time for the Forty Niners Rush Podcast, and here's your host. John Chapman.
2: Whoa. Welcome back to the cardiac kids. The 49ers get a win uh, against a division opponent who we beat already. Man, we swept them. We swept the Rams, the number two team in the NFC West. And we go, we go into their house. I know there's no fans, whatever. It doesn't matter. We have Nick Mullins who cannot carry Jimmy Garoppolo's jockstrap. He goes in there and finds a way to win. And th- this was probably one of the worst quarterback performances in the history of the NFL to come out on a winning side. And we're going to talk about that. But all that, you got to throw it aside. The 49ers get a win, a much needed win. Holy freaking cow. A- and you look at what this win means. It means a lot. The 49ers improved to five and six. Okay, it- Now that's huge in and of itself. But that's not what's important. What's important is the 49ers, this is crazy, (laughs) are currently sitting at one game out of the playoffs in 2020. One game. And this hope, if you want to call it that, it exists now because of this win. You know, we talked about earlier in this week, if you've you've been with us, we said for the people that are talking about the 49ers going to the playoffs, you got to win against the Rams. Got to win against the Rams. You've got to find one or two more wins before you get Garoppolo and Kittle back, which is still a huge maybe. Then you have a chance, and you're going to need help, right? You're going to need help. Some of that help already showed up today. You had the Arizona Cardinals losing to the New England Patriots. That helps us out. They're the seventh seed currently um, in the NFC, and again, remember... Seven teams make it to the playoffs this year from each division or from each conference. That's huge. Also got to say, we bet four and a half. We got four and a half points on the Cardinals. And so we covered our bet and they lost. Best of both worlds. That is what's up. So we win versus the Rams. Guess what? Our schedule, we have five games left. We have Buffalo next week. Washington, winnable game. At Dallas, winnable game. Then, theoretically, we get back our quarterback and tight end and a couple other players, Arizona and Seattle. The fact that this season could come down to Week 16 and 17 for the 49ers is huge. And it all goes back to this idea that you were able to steal a win on the road against the Rams, again, the Rams going into this game were in first place in the NFC West and second place in the NFC, and we beat them with backups. We had, <laughs> we had so many players out, COVID, all the different stuff going on. And I said earlier this week, if we could get Trent Williams back, then I think we have a fighter's chance. Now, Trent Williams played amazing but we have to talk about why the 49ers won this game. 100% all about that defense. Robert Sala, holy cow. I, I didn't know you had it in you. Yeah, I, I tweeted out, this is 2019 49ers defense good. And that's putting it mildly. This was one of the better defensive performances that I've seen in years. This holds up to anything that the 49ers did last year. And you're like, well, they gave up 20 points. We've had shutouts and things like that. But no, 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 no. The 49ers offense made sure this game wasn't going to be a shutout by having three turnovers, one of those fumbles being returned for a touchdown. The defense was freaking lights out. They forced four turnovers, which... Anytime your team forces four turnovers, you should win by double digits minimum. But you go on and you look past that. You held the Rams to four for 13 on third downs. That's gigantic. Uh, The plays, there's a lot of plays because of all the turnovers and the stopping of the clock and all that stuff. Uh, The Rams had 300 total yards on offense. That's it. Now, their huge rushing play, that one play, Outside of that, their rushing attack really didn't work too well. Ours didn't either, but that's all right. The 49ers' defense was incredible. You know, just go through the drives. Listen to the defensive drives because I think that this tells the story, okay? Now, there's a lot of drives. (laughs) They had 14 of them, but here we go. First drive, fumble, forced by Jimmy Ward. He had the best game of his entire pro career. Best game. As soon as Jimmy, I know I said I was going to go through the drives, and I got distracted, but I have given Jimmy Ward so much crap, and I think we all have, that we have to stop and say, look, Jimmy Ward playing in the box safety is where he belongs. As soon as Tarvarius Moore stepped in, Jimmy Ward's played lights out two weeks in a row. So, Jimmy Ward, congratulations, defensive MVP, the best game of his entire career. So, anyway, back to the drives. I'll try my hardest to get through them this time. I'm a little excited. I'm a little excited. This is great. First drive fumble, forced by Ward, covered by Givens. Second drive, held him to a field goal, but that was off of a Nick Boland's eye interception, the tip pass. Third one, interception by Sherman. What a difference a Sherm makes. Uncle Sherm comes back, plays lights out. He never puts up subpar performances. He just doesn't. He's so consistent. Fourth drive, three and out. Gave up seven yards. Fifth drive, punt after nine yards. They gained nine total yards. There was a hider sack and a Sherman tackle for last. That's the fifth drive. Sixth drive, three and out punt. Seventh drive, fumble again by Jimmy Ward. Then it's halftime. Come out of halftime, the play of 2020. 2020. The Javon Kinlaw pick six. Oh, my gosh. Incredible. Givens recovered a fumble earlier. He got the pressure on Jared Goff to force him to throw the pass. And Javon Kinlaw has shown us that he understands awareness and passing lanes so well. His block passes, chasing down screens, getting it. He had a pass defense against Alvin Kamara one-on-one, which he shouldn't even been there, but he understands where they want to go with the ball. He just put himself in the throwing lane again, but finished it. Absolutely incredible play of the year. Javon Kinlaw, pick six. He's now in the all-rookie team conversation. He was on the fringes. Last week was his best performance. He got... You know, you got to go past, I say last week, the last game we played. It was before the bye week. He gets a sack and a half, um, played great versus the run today, and got the pick six. Ninth drive, three and out punt. Tenth drive, three and out punt. Armstead made back-to-back plays to force uh, in the run game to force a punt. Eleventh drive, give up a field goal. Um, Twelfth drive, that's the touchdown drive where they had three straight runs and just went off. That one was on Tarvarius Moore, who had a great game, but he took a terrible angle on that drive and gave up that huge run. That was on Tarvarius Moore. You have to be very honest with the good and the bad. Thirteenth drive. punt, Hyder gets a second sack. 14th drive. Punt, five yards, 19 yards. or five plays, 19 yards, and that's it. They don't get the ball again. That puts everything into perspective. The way in which this 49ers defense was able to hold. The Rams to do nothing. Jared Goff looks like the worst quarterback in the NFL next to Nick Mullins anytime he plays us. And and it's because we understand what they're trying to do. It makes a difference the fact that we run similar situations and we control what they want to do and we stop them. I love it. I love it. All right. I'm going to pause just a second. We're going to go through some questions. We're going to talk about a whole bunch more stuff. We're going to go over our bets, our predictions, and all that there. Uh, Man, the 49ers have life. The 49ers have life. (laughs) It came down to the wire. And we're going to cover some of the negative because we have to talk about that. Um, Matthew, older and grayer for sure. The false hope, man. You jump out, the 49ers are dominating, and you just feel like, oh, We've got it as long as we don't make a mistake and you like cross your fingers, it's almost like you know you're in the luck category and you're just like, you know what, as long as we just don't as long as we just don't, and then of course you start getting the fumbles. Um, Raheem Mostert, who doesn't have a ball security problem, Jeff Wilson does. he always has back in college his first times uh, in the preseason with the 49ers. That, that fumble, whatever. The Raheem Mostert fumble, that was very out of character for a touchdown, no less. On the first play of a drive. So not only did you give up a touchdown, your defense isn't getting any rest either. Uh, Desmond, welcome. He says, first time live. Appreciate it. Welcome. And just want to say thanks to everybody. We do four podcasts a week here if this is your first time. Um, especially YouTube's kind of place to go. Go hit subscribe there. Just type in 49ers Rush Podcast wherever you're listening. And join us. We go live four times a week here with the 49ers Rush Podcast. Uh, Jason. The offense finally paid what they owed. That is very well said. The offense, obviously, was a stinker. Three turnovers, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Nick Mullins is looking like he has PTSD from freaking World War II. Um, he just, he's not it, right? But he's a backup quarterback. You look at what Nick Mullins is, look at what he's done this year. You know, You go back to his four starts that he's had this year. And he's been awful. (laughs) He's 1-3. and Now he's 2-4. and So two wins, four losses. But you look at his his stats, he still has not thrown more than one touchdown in five games that he started. That kind of represents who he is. That's who he is. He didn't have any touchdown passes today. He had none. (laughs) Nick Mullins goes 24 for 35, 250 yards, zero touchdowns, one interceptions, two sacks for a 77 rating. But it gets worse than that. Because here's just a Debo. The screens and jet sweeps, which count as passes, Okay, so statistically they're there, he had eight screens or jet sweeps to Debo for 65 yards. So you take those off of that stat sheet, Nick Mullins threw for about 180 yards. That's it, no touchdowns. Not good. (laughs) In fact, abysmal, I'm going to be honest with you. But the one thing that Nick Mullins did is he did not turn the ball over. Now, you're saying he had the interception. I get it. The interception was a batted pass by Aaron Donald. Um, Incredible play. Aaron Donald's going to be Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, There's no doubt about it. What what he was able to do today uh, was stupid. Um, He had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. He had a pass defense that led to a fumble. He had four quarterback hits. He had another force fumble that led to a touchdown. He was all over the place. Now, Colton McKivitz, the rookie, Gets his first start in the NFL career against Aaron Donald. And it was very clear that Kyle Shanahan schemed up a way that he would have helped the whole game. You had tight ends chipping, fullback juice. You had Nick Mullen, or, sorry Raheem Mostert helping, Jeff Wilson, Roz Dwelly. You had the center of the tackle. It didn't matter. You made it through the first two quarters, mostly unscathed. You did have that pass defense that led to an interception but we'll have to see. I can't wait for the film to come out and again if this is your first time joining us again thank you. We go through every single snap with the all 22 tape and the end zone tape um and we break it down. Um so if you want to join us there head over to patreon.com type in 49ers rush and subscribe there. Every single play you get it it's 8 bucks a month. We'll go over all of it. So I'm pretty excited and we got a lot of plays to talk about. But back to this thing Jason, and I'm with you. Offense was trash, but finally on that last drive, they did just enough, and you saw it with the back-to-back slants to Debo. It's almost like we decided Debo is just a running back and gadget player. All we do is the jet sweeps and screens, hooks, curls, that's it. But then on that very last drive, you hit Debo with that slant over the middle. Remember, This guy was named Slant God. (laughs) That was his name coming into the draft. So we kind of like got away from that, but when we needed it, we went to Debo on the slant. Imagine what this offense will look like once we bring in Brandon Ayuk, a true receiver. And I'm not saying that to dog on Debo; it just that's Debo doesn't run the full route tree. He never has. Brandon Ayuk does. And so you can keep that Debo, you know, gadget stuff and opening up the run game and all that kind of stuff with some slants mixed in there. And then you have Ayuk on the other side, which, you know, the wide receiver that got to start this week was Richie James. Richie James laid an egg. He is not living up to. He's not earning that spot. Back to back weeks, he has been the number two wide receiver, and it just hasn't shown out. He had the one catch for twenty plus yards. That was it. Um, Kendrick Porn not really doing a lot to earn that spot back. You know, he had that huge drop at the end of the game whenever it was clutch. You know, it's Kendrick Bourne. That's just who he is. So you love it. It, Offense, they came through clutch in the end when it mattered. The game should have, we should have won this game by 20 points. But a win is a win, especially against a division opponent, especially against a division leader, especially on the road, you take it. The 49ers' playoff chances exist. We didn't really feel that way before this game. Um, Every third stroke. So who made the bigger return, Sherm or Debo? I'll say this, okay? Individually, Debo definitely had the better game. Holistically sherman makes the entire defense better makes the safeties better makes the linebackers better makes the defensive line better sherman was way more valuable today even though the debo numbers are great and again that's an opinion claim you could argue both debo was incredible we just talked about it for like five minutes what's the end of debo's stat line um, He didn't have one rush, which I think is hilarious. Um, all of them were pass, pass catch. 11 catches, 133 yards. 11 catches, 133 yards. Almost all of it yak. He might have had 15 air yards. It might be negative because of the jet sweeps took place behind the line of scrimmage. All, everything that he did, he earned. He earned it all. He fought for it all. Mean as hell. But then you look at Sherman. Sherman played well, man. Uh, Early on, it was very, very clear they were going to stay away from Richard Sherman. So what did uh, Robert Sala do? Got him involved. Moved him around. Sherman was all over the place. He was lined up in the slot. He was lined up in the middle of the field, deep middle of the field, on an empty package um, in the first quarter. We've never seen that before. Richard Sherman led the team in tackles. He led the team in tackles. That doesn't even make sense. One pass defense, one tackle for loss, and an interception. Sherman was everywhere. Everywhere. And, you know, probably one of the biggest negatives, Jamar Taylor goes out with an injury. That breaks my freaking heart. Jamar Taylor was earning himself a contract. This is a guy that hasn't made money. And he's not making money this year. And so that was huge. He goes down. He's not going to get paid now. It's an ACL tear. And that sucks for this kid. Hopefully the 49ers sign him, um, just stash him, kind of like what we did with Ronald Blair. That dude earned it. I I hate that he's, I hate that he got injured. That's the worst case. Manuel Mosley came in, didn't make great plays, but, eh, yeah, he was all right. He was all right. He's playing out of position, so you got to take that for what you want. All right, Uh, Scott, I want to talk about this. Was this a pointless win? Hell no. Pardon my language. There's no such thing as a pointless win. This team just proved to themselves how great they truly are. Now, just imagine if we had a quarterback, just an average quarterback. Go back to the (laughs) George Carlin, one of my favorite stand-ups of all time. His famous quote is this. Imagine (laughs) the most average person's intelligent you know, okay? Intelligence that you know out there. Just average, not the smartest, not the dumbest, just in the middle. Then he says, guess what? Half the people are dumber than that guy or girl, whatever. That's how I feel about quarterback play, right? Nick Mullins isn't even the average. Nick Mullins is bottom tier, bottom, bottom tier. Now I do like Nick Mullins coming in off the bench with no time to game plan. I feel like that's just who he is. You give Nick Mullins time to game plan and all that stuff. He had two weeks, a full bye week. Uh, 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 that's not who he is. I want, <laughs> I want Nick Mullins coming in for a guy that's getting carted off the field and just throw him out there and let him play. That's Nick Mullins' game. He's not a starting quarterback, right? So back to your your idea. You just add an average quarterback. Just average. Not good. Not bad. This 49ers team wins 10-plus games. That's the reality of the situation with how good this defense is, and our defense is missing so many pieces. We're missing our best player on defense, Nick Bosa. He is the best player. He's not there, and we still are putting in lights-out performances. So I-, I love it, man. I, I-, I want to keep winning. I- Damn draft position. We had the number two overall pick before, and what'd that get us? Solomon Thomas? Yeah, whatever. It- it- I understand the concept and draft capital and stockpiling this value and all those things, but at someday that has to translate to talent. And if you look at the 49ers' best players outside of Nick Bosa, the best players are George Kittle, fifth-round pick, Fred Warner, third-round pick, Trent Williams, third-and-fifth-round pick, right? Those are the guys. Mike McGlinchey, number nine overall pick, how's that panning out? Another terrible performance. He played great in the first half and got worse and worse as time goes on. You know, trading up in the second round for Dante Pettis, doesn't work. Didn't work out. Trading up in the second round for Reuben Foster, didn't work. Now, I understand it's a crapshoot when we talk about the draft, and I understand I'm the biggest draft guy there is. I've, I've been to the last six drafts, except for this year because of COVID. I love the draft. That's how I got my start. But you don't put that above getting these wins and fighting for the playoffs. You don't do it. How many teams, and you look, you're seeing, <laughs> just want to know how bad the NFL is, all right? Here we go. I, I think this will put it into perspective. The Jaguars, who are 1 and 10, just fired their GM. And guess who the Jaguars' new general manager is? Trent Balky. That puts into perspective where the 49ers were and where the 49ers are. Aren't you so glad we're not that damn team? Who wants to be that damn team? Duvall? <laughs> like, that, they're at the bottom. And they're they're going to get worse. That's all there is to it. The 49ers have a spot. The 49ers have a capable, competing championship roster. Not for 2020. Do I think the 49ers can win the Super Bowl in 2020? Hell no, I don't. But you make it to the playoffs with this team whenever you have the most players on IR in the NFL. You have the most games missed due to injury, COVID, whatever else in the NFL. You have the most salary cap dollars reserved on the IR, on COVID, on missed games, goes on and on and on. You prove that you can win now, that is the ultimate flex across the NFL. Think how the Rams feel. The Rams went into this game thinking that they have a shot at the Super Bowl, and perhaps they do. But imagine their mindset, getting their asses kicked at home by Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins looks like the laundry guy, not the damn quarterback and he just beat them, and he played awful, <laughs> but the, the wins matter. Culture matters. Confidence matters, and this team has it. We, we've, we've seen what we haven't had, um, and again, uh, Dr. Blocktopus, can't wait until a healthy team next year. You're exactly correct. You're exactly correct, and, and that's the feeling that we have as fans, and you just say, man, what if Oh, imagine if we had a court. Imagine if we had all our guys. Imagine if Bosa. That attitude permeates a locker room. And it just builds. That's all it does. It's NBA Jam, right? You go back to when you were a kid playing NBA Jam and you hit two shots in a row. He's heating up. That's where we are. It's a phase. It's it's not you always win every single game. That doesn't happen, right? We built our team. We were 2-14 and 14 just a year ago right? We go to the Super Bowl, whatever. We, we came up short. But now we're building. And that's where we are. And what we've built, what the 49ers have currently, it's it's a team just on simmer, right? Heating up. This could be a behemoth. This could be a powerhouse dynasty. And if the 49ers have a way, which we do now, if the 49ers have a way to make the playoffs in 2020, Watch the hell out, NFL. Watch the hell out. Because the best things are moving forward. Go back to the quote. John Lynch was asked before the draft, and he said, what's your mindset? Do you think it's your job to try to get a championship now while that window's open, or do you want to build for future greatness? The dynasty-type mentality, right? And John Lynch just kind of shrugged his shoulders and shook his head and says, I think we can do both. That calm. And that's exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing that future success. Yeah, the championship window for 2020 kind of closed. All right, that's fine. But we're still building for the future. Look at the development of Jason Verrett. Look at the play of Tarvarius Moore, right? Look at Marcel Harris moving to linebacker and playing lights out. You move Daniel Brunskill to center. He's put up three positive games. This one was probably his worst performance yet. A lot of that had to do with Aaron Donald. But... Whatever, I digress. You're starting to develop other players that can play well. Big Des, yeah, Ward did a great job. That was the best game Jimmy Ward has ever had in his entire NFL. Uh, Jose, Jose says, Debo's best game as a pro? mark. I think as a runner, sure, as a wide receiver, not so much. Um, <laughs> I, the phrase is, my favorite wide receiver is a running back, like comes to mind. Like that's just what I'm thinking because that's what Debo was. He was a running back. Um. Again, you look at the stats. Eight of Debo's catches, quote unquote, were screens or jet sweeps for sixty-five yards. He's you're gonna do whatever you want to do. But even if you take those away, which I'm not trying to say you take those away, but you take those away, he still had fifty plus yards. Um. Outside of that, so I don't know. I I I think I understand the the idea of. You know, you look at these performances and you say, wow, this is awesome. Huge team win. But again, you have that asterisk, and I think that needs to be present because we're just scratching the surface. We are not where we need to be. Mike McGlinchey is one of those. Um, Adam, he says this. McGlinchey lost 30 pounds in the offseason. O-line needs to bulk up, not lose weight. This is a problem of the Kyle Shanahan um, kind of offensive idea. He wants mobile linemen. He doesn't want big linemen. The biggest lineman you'll ever see in a Kyle Shanahan offense is Trent Williams. But Trent Williams is different because he runs a 4'7 despite being 330 plus pounds. McGlinchey slimmed down. You see McGlinchey with his shirt off. He looks like a tight end. He doesn't look like an offensive tackle. His mobility is there and he's one of the greatest run blockers in the NFL. But that has come at an expense of his pass blocking, especially late in games. Um, that is a problem. You know, I kind of divided my notes up, which I've had, I have seven pages. Good Lord. Uh, I haven't even touched them yet, but that's okay. Whenever I look at it, I divide it into positive and negatives. You take some away, you lose some, right? And you could talk a uh, huge positive, the defense. Robert Sala is gone, guys. Uh, this is it. Robert Sala is going to be a head coach. As soon as the Detroit Lions fired fat Face Matt Patricia, uh, what We talked about that this week, right? Uh, with, with Matt Patricia going out, what does that mean? And here's the deal. This is Robert Sala's hometown. He has connections everywhere in Michigan. And on top of that even if the Detroit Lions don't hire Robert Sala, which I think they will because, again, they went with an offensive-minded head coach, and it worked. Caldwell should have still been there anyway, regardless. Then they went defensive coach with Patricia. He's trash. He's out the picture. You want the antithesis of Matt Patricia, a guy that treats people with respect, everybody likes all those things, has ties to Detroit. Good Lord. Yeah, it, it writes itself, okay? It writes itself. Having said that, even if he doesn't go there, he's going somewhere else. And the 49ers are going to get two third-round picks for that. Two third-round picks. So once the Lions or another team, there's lots of head coaching vacancies out there currently, hires this guy, the 49ers are going to get two third-round picks because the new provision that was approved by all NFL owners. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into a 1000 Person of color or a female is hired to general manager or head coach. You get a third round pick this year and a third round pick next year. That's happening. What happened today, I guarantee you, teams that are looking and doing these coaching searches and whatever else you want to call it, whatever, it doesn't matter. Robert Solo was already on the list. Now he's near the top. Obviously, you got Eric Biennami, you got Joe uh, Brady. Um, he's going to be up there too. Doesn't matter. Somebody is hiring Robert Sala. It's happening. And so I I just want to let you know that is good news for Robert Sala. That is good news for the 49ers. It's a win-win. So that's one of my positives. Now let's go to a negative. Let's talk Nick Mullins, right? Um, You have to give him credit in the fact that he was able to deliver when it meant the most. And driving down the field, that final drive, to get us the win, that's gigantic. And you don't want to take that away. However, you do have to say this as well. This guy went out there, couldn't even throw a touchdown pass, overthrew so many wide receivers to the point Jordan Reed is flipping out on the sidelines because you keep throwing it over his head. Um, The sacks, the pocket awareness is trash. It's just bad. Nick Mullins was awful. This is, again, his fifth straight game, fifth straight start with one touchdown or less. And and as a starter in the NFL, this is a passing league. We ran the ball 33 times. I understand that. You could chalk that up to even more if you count the sweeps and the, you know, jet sweeps and screens and all that stuff. Mullins is not a good quarterback. Now, what do you do? Do you keep him? Do you switch to CJ? It's just bad. I think that's where we are. The fact that Mullins went and got the win, that should build some confidence. Um, You know, I thought personally CJ Beathard should have been the guy out there after halftime. You saw it wasn't working with Nick Mullins. You saw his franticness and just how twitchy he is. When the camera zooms in on Nick Mullins, I I feel bad, right? I, I just feel bad. It's it's like you're seeing a kid get bullied and you can't help in a TV show. Like you can't step in and say, hey man, like back off the kid. That's how I feel whenever they zoom in on Nick Mullins' face, which doesn't really fit in his helmet, and squishes it together, and makes him look even more like you know, I I hope other people know what I'm talking about here. But that's how I feel. Uh, thankfully he came back. Now a lot of the problems Nick Mullins has has to do with the play calling. You have a rookie getting the start, Colton McKivitz, who played relatively well. During flashes going against Aaron Donald the best defensive lineman in the NFL over the past decade You could argue JJ Watt, whatever. I don't care Why are you calling seven step play action? (laughs) Pass why why not quick pass it and so then you get finally to the last drive of the game and now it's quick passes You're throwing slants. Why don't you throw slants during the game? I don't get it I just don't understand that so the play calling is rough and this continues to be a theme now, right? So when something happens once, you question it. When something happens twice, then you're like, all right, we're kind of developing a a threat here. This is bad. And it just continues to happen. And that is Kyle Shanahan's play calling in the first half, excellent. Kyle Shanahan's play calling in the second half, it's dog crap. Um, it's really, really bad. It's what it is. It's got to get, it, it's got to improve. Um, I, I don't know why we continue to have these issues. I, I just don't get it. Um, it. It's just bad. It's bad play calling. It's what it is. Uh, now we're going to jump over and talk about our bets. But before we do, quick word from our sponsor. Thank you, my bookie. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know the NFL and the NBA, they're back. They're in full swing, which can only mean one thing. It's a winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting whenever I'm putting my money on it, and if you've been betting with us, we've been doing very, very well so far this year, so stick with us, bet on it, use all the knowledge that we have, and let's be successful, and here's the deal, right now, they have $100,000, you heard me, $100,000 super contest for only $10 entry, $10 bucks. You can win all that money. They're giving away $5,000 in cash prizes every four weeks. You would be crazy not to jump in there with all your knowledge. $10 to win thousands, sign me up. You too can make up and sign up at MyBookie. And here's the deal, use promo code 49ers49ERS to claim your 100% deposit match all the way up to $1,000. That means you put in $100, they're going to give you $100. Rollovers will be included in that. And if you have questions, please call their customer service. They'll help you with that. But the NFL, NBA, MLB, they've got it all on tap. It's never too late to get started, and if you've wanted to jump in with us, now's the best time. Head to mybookie.ag, promo code 49ers, and they're going to double your initial deposit. Thanks for the support, MyBookie. All right, if you bet with us this week, we totally crush it. We hit on both Thursday games. Um, which was huge. So we got paid out there. We doubled up. We over doubled up there. And then we did a three-team teaser this week, and we hit all three of them. So we had the 49ers again. We added seven points to where all three of these games had to pay out a certain way, um, and we would get paid. First off, we took the Cardinals plus four and a half. If you bet the spread with the Cardinals, you lost, because they lost. We got four and a half points. Guess what? They lost by three. We covered. Chiefs plus three and a half. If you took the spread of the Chiefs game and they won by three, you lost. Guess what? We got paid. And then, of course, the 49ers who had plus 13 and a half. Once we hit halftime, I knew we were getting paid there. So I do want to say, if you haven't bet with us before, man, we're on a roll. Um, We have quadrupled up your money this week alone. We did put $5 um, on the 49ers to score first. That didn't hit with that damn field goal. If we didn't throw the interception off the tip pass, we were in field goal range. We should have hit on that one. And then we put a long shot bet in on Debo to score the first touchdown. That didn't hit either. But um, we still are up huge this week. If you haven't bet with us, again, my Bookie. Use promo code 49ers. They double your initial deposit. That's what we do every single week. We'll have bets of the week um, as we go in, usually on our Wednesday episode and then usually on our Friday slash Saturday episode. So if you haven't bet with us yet, come on, man. We still got some more money to make. And if you have made money with us, which you should if you're betting with us, then head over there to Patreon. Uh, chip some of that back to the podcast. Everything that goes to Patreon goes to producing for the show, new equipment, um, web hosting fees, all that kind of stuff. Uh, none of that money goes to me. It all goes back into the podcast so that is there for you guys as well. All right, let's get to some more questions. Niner Drag asked this. John, in your opinion on Brunskill and the, down the right side of the line, can they form something going forward? First off, Colton McKivitz never played guard. Um, that's not his position. He was a tackle. So he's one start in. And you saw some really positive things. Kyle Shanahan puts a premium on run blocking, which Daniel Brunskill is great at. Colton McKivitz is pretty good at, and Mike McGlinchey's the best run-blocking tackle in the NFL. He doesn't really value pass protection on seven-step drops. A big reason why that is is because he is oversold on his scheme of this idea of two tight ends, a fullback, all this kind of stuff. We can pick up the loose ends. The problem with that is whenever your wide receivers can't get open, that causes problems. So the fact that you have Kendrick Bourne and Richie James as starting wide receivers currently, that's bad because you have to release these people out in routes because nobody's getting open. Uh, All the checkdowns to running backs, whatever else. In a perfect situation, um, you need to keep Brunskill at center. I I have no problem with that. My draft is, you know, I was asked two weeks ago, what is the one area that has to be addressed during the draft? And I said this back in 2019, interior offensive linemen. It's a problem for the 49ers and has been since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch showed up. This year's weird, okay? You're talking about him maybe making the playoffs. But what you have to do, you have to be able to walk away from 2020 saying, do we have our center for the future in Daniel Brunskill, or is he just going to be a swing tackle? He's not a guard. We learned. Daniel Brunskill's not a guard. In a pinch, that's fine. He could do. He's not who you want to move forward with that guard. He just It wasn't his spot, unless he's playing Aaron Donald. Center, eh, maybe. We're getting some good center play right now. Right guard? Colton McKivitt's jury's still completely out. Will we find out if Colton McKivitt's is going to be the starting right guard moving forward? I don't know. We know it's not Tom Compton, right? We, we understand that. So you have two question marks at center and right guard. Right tackle? I, I can say this till I'm blue in the face. Um, does McGlinchey make a whole bunch of boneheaded moves? Hell yeah, he does. Does he have to change the way he plays and get better coaching? Yeah, 100%. Is there a chance that we're going to move on from Mike McGlinchey? Hell no, there's not. There's not. Why? Here's how I would say that. Look at... <laughs> how do I say this without pissing somebody else off? It, it's going to happen. Look at Tart. Tartt. Um, look at Quan Alexander. Look at Dante Pettis to a lesser extent. These players that didn't really perform to their level of pay or draft level grade, and you stayed with them. The problem with McGlinchey and the good thing about McGlinchey is he is elite at one thing, and that's the one thing Kyle Shanahan loves, and that's running the damn ball in the outside zone. There's not a better run-blocking offensive tackle in the NFL. There's not. He has higher grades than Trent Williams, and I understand. It's not just pro football focus. It's watching the tape. Trent Williams is elite at everything. Um, Mike McGlinchey is really good at run blocking and has, you know, three to five plays Pass protection that just sucks and he gets put on his ass by a different player Um, he's the opposite end of a highlight reel way too often That does need to be fixed He's going into now. I think his fourth year. Um, things have to change there. It's just what it is, uh, but It's not elite Another reason why I get so frustrated is why do we not run the ball off the left side more often? You got fourth and one at the end. You run off the left side, and Trent Williams just crashes the entire D-line down. We get our one yard. We get the first down, and it's pretty cool. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Right after that fourth and one conversion at the very last drive, you could see Trent Williams just flexing and screaming, you know, at the top of his lungs off to the side after that. Uh, really excited to break that play down on Patreon because it's there. It, it, there's not Trent Williams out there walking around. We got lucky as hell. We got so lucky to get that kid. I uh, say kid. He's I think he's older than me. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. I apologize for that. Anyway, uh, Jamar Taylor was a huge loss. I'm with you, Lori. That was huge. Having Emmanuel uh, Mosley out there, though, at nickel, once he gets a full week of practice out there, I, I think we're going to see some good things. There were some, uh, definitely some technique issues that need to be addressed he was flat foot reading as a nickel which you can't do a lot of times as an outside corner you can do that because you'll turn and basically do a flat foot shuffle read with your back towards either the end um, the sidelines or to the quarterback where you just read and you have the outside third you can't do that as a nickel because you have a two way go um so (laughs) that's one of the things that just has to be fixed um and, I, and again, you have to leverage inside as well, much more. You don't have to do that as an outside corner. A lot of people always say, oh, well, if you play corner, why don't you just play nickel too? You can just move them inside. It's different positions. It's different techniques. Uh, the two-way go as a nickel is difficult. You know, a lot of corners stay on the left side. You look at Richard Sherman. He loves playing on the defensive left side. Why? Because he has a dominant left foot kick sli- kick slide whenever he shuffles. That's just his thing, and he likes to plant with his right foot and go make plays. You flip that around, it's different. It's like a middle schooler trying to go up for a left-handed layup when they haven't practiced it. It just doesn't work. So Some people can do it with ease, and they have very fluid hips. That's not the rule. Um, but Kwan Williams isn't coming through that door anytime soon. He's still missing three weeks. Jamar Taylor's done for the year. Probably going to mess up part of 2021 for him too, which we don't even have him under contract. So, it's Emmanuel Mosley. Fortunately, that's what we got. Um, You're going to be seeing some shuffling and bringing corners in because we've got to get somebody else out there. Not sure who. Akello Witherspoon, healthy scratch three weeks in a row. I don't think the 49ers want anything to do with him after his, oh, practiced all week. (laughs) Oh, I don't feel ready to go. I just don't feel confident takes himself out right before the game after he took all the snaps during practice that week. Then after the corners getting torched, you go to the coach and says, Hey, I think I can go. And then you go play. Well, throw that out of here. You, you, I do not want that mentality, mindset, selfishness, anywhere around my program in any way, shape or form. I, I, I know I'm not the most positive Akello guy, and I haven't been since he's been here. I don't care. That is not a team mindset. That is, get that crap. Either you're injured or you're hurt. There's two different things. If you're hurt, that means you it's uncomfortable, but you can still play. Injured means you couldn't play if you wanted to. He proved he doesn't know what that is. He put himself over the team. Get that out of here. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I'll just stop that with whatever we got there. Anyway, I'm so excited. We've got a lot of stuff this week. We're going to be going over all the film. We have episodes Tuesday and Wednesday, and then we'll have something Friday or Saturday as well, plus two Patreon breakdowns this week. So thank you, guys. The 49ers won. Excited about that one game out of the playoffs, baby. And again, going over our schedule right before. This is key. Buffalo Bills. I would say at home, the 49ers don't have a home. <laughs> Our entire county is injured. We're going to be playing in Arizona now, but whatever. So uh, we're playing the Buffalo Bills. We're playing Washington, Dallas Cowboys, Arizona, and Seattle. Five games left. The 49ers go 3-2. and 3-2. and two, I think they make the playoffs. I really, really do. I think a 9-7 team gets in. I think an 8-8 eight eight team might get in because of that 7th spot, I think it could happen. Especially with the fact that we have three games, or just two now, versus the Cardinals, who that that, that game might come down to, the, to that for the 7th spot. Us versus the Cardinals week 16. But what we have to do is put ourselves in a position to make that game count. Literally, you can get out of here if you just beat Washington and Dallas, and then you beat the Cardinals. You get those three wins, you've got a shot. You find a way to get four wins, now you're in. You get four wins, you're in. That's all there is to it. So that's going to do it for us today. Appreciate all the support. If you haven't already, subscribe. Hit that notification bell so every time we go live you can come join us. Uh, We got giveaways. Man, we're almost at the end of the month. Countdown Crew, what's up? Uh, I think we got a couple more episodes before we do our next giveaway. But the hashtag Countdown Crew gets you entered into the free giveaway that we do every single month. And I just want to say thank you, and as always, stay strong, faithful.